Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. With karate, I'll kick your ass. From here to right over there. Oh yeah, motherfucker, gonna kick your fucking derriere, yeah, yeah. You broke the rules, now I'm pulling out your pubic hair. Motherfucker. You motherfucker. The Dodgers are making me happy, even though they lost the game to the Padres yesterday. They are whooping on that ass, whooping on that ass, whooping on that ass they are. And that's why I am always hanging with my boys and my ladies at Bet Online. It is the best place to be when it comes to sports because they have everything. They have you covered with the news, the scores, the odds. It's the best way to place your bets. And by the way, it's free. It's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Thank you, Bet Online. Oh, and don't you even for a moment think I was going to let you get away without talking about Magic Spoon. I'm looking at my Magic Spoon collection right now. A little fruity, a little cinnamon, a little blueberry. I love Magic Spoon, and I guarantee you do too if you've had it. If you haven't, then you are making a huge mistake. What is Magic Spoon? It's the best cereal in the world. Why? It tastes better. As good or better than your favorite childhood cereals, but has zero grams of sugar, 13, 14 grams of protein in every serving, and only four net grams of carbs. And it's not just filled with a bunch of protein powder and then fillers. No, no, no. Gluten-free, keto-friendly, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, GMO-free. It is awesome. By the way, a couple new releases from that old Magic Spoon, Cookies and Cream and Maple Waffle. But let me tell you, every single flavor is amazing. You can build your own little package, by the way. Custom blend of uh, a box of cocoa, a box of fruity, bo- box of frosted, maybe a box of peanut butter, cinnamon. They're all delicious. Trust me. Go to magicspoon.com slash Mikey. Grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use the promo code M-I-K-E-Y at checkout to save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with, listen to this, 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mike and use the code M-I-K-E-Y to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Oh, my babies, my babies. It is me, Mikey, of Mikey Likes You. That's how that works. The host is the name of the person, and he likes you, so there you get Mikey Likes You. It's the greatest health and fitness podcast on the planet. Self-proclaimed. But we don't need to get into that. Um, Today, question and answer. That's how it works. You give the questions, I give the answers. I'm trying my hardest to pull them up and pretend like I'm not looking at my phone, but I'm totally looking at my phone and I'm not having much success. Ah, here we go. 
Um, I don't think there's any reason for me to bullshit and uh, bloviate too much. It's pretty simple. I solicited for questions. You guys, this has been the best, the best round of questions in all of my Q&A um, episodes. And it's a pretty sizable amount now. Uh, I would say probably 10 times I've done a Q&A. And uh, this is by far the best round of questions. Thank you to everyone who submitted questions because they are good. Um, that actually reminds me of a couple things. Um, I, I, I feel, and there's a bit of ego here, uh, <laughs> I'll admit, I have a feeling that, you know, having spent some more time with y'all, that maybe there is a bit of uh, knowledge being imparted to you and maybe you're absorbing th some things. And therefore, that's why some of these questions are starting to be a little bit more um, thoughtful. So I, I, I can, listen, this is wild speculation. And maybe I just need to do that to make myself feel good. But I, I, I have a strong feeling that that, that can kind of be true. So uh, awesome. I appreciate it. I just so deeply, I, not to get too corny, but I so sincerely appreciate everyone who listens I love y'all, and I love doing this podcast for this reason, and it and um, I really think that the success of this podcast, what what I've achieved now, and then what I hope to achieve in the future, is all based around the fact that I never ever intended this to be a money making endeavor. Um, I got started with Mikey likes you before the pandemic. Oh shit! Let me turn off the uh, sound on my computer here. Uh, before the pandemic, honestly, as a way to just like exercise my desire to talk health, fitness, and wellness, and mental health stuff, because I started to get so many darn DMs and things, and I was like, you know, you you've had this incredible stroke of luck with your career and your life, and you're in this position where people trust you, strangers trust you, and they ask you these questions about serious shit, like addiction and their health, and they come to you in these vulnerable moments and they say, oh, I feel ter terrible about myself, I'm overweight, or I'm out of shape, blah, blah, blah. Can you help me? And, I, and it's like, you, you like doing it. I think I said in a post recently that I'm, I'm dedicated to the dedicated. And I meant that. If you want to make a change and I've had some weird experience where I have experience making that change and I can somehow help get you to a place where you feel better about yourself, that's all I ever want in my life. That's all I ever want, man. I, I, I have really, and I don't know how to say this without sounding like a bum, but I don't have like lofty ambitions with my life in a, in a kind of an American sense where I have these, I want to be a millionaire and I want to be rich. I want to have a big house. I, I, I never was that guy. Um, my ambitions were only to be, once I transitioned out of a guy who desperately, uh, frankly, just wanted to die um, and not to get too dramatic. But, you know, when I was 20 years old, if I, I, I didn't, I didn't like actively try to kill myself. Um, 
as much as I just was at a point where if I were to not wake up, I would be okay with it and frankly probably pretty relieved. I didn't ever have a, any ambition to be anything because I just knew that I was this big pile of shit and I was going to be a pile of shit forever. And if I died, that was kind of the writing on the wall for me. And by this amazing stroke of luck and hard work and support and love from other people, I got to a point where I was like, oh my God, I turned my life around and now I have a career and a life and friends and and this whole thing. And once that happened, I still wasn't ever like, I'm going to be the next Howard Stern or I'm going to be the next Joe Rogan. I was more of, how can I keep being happy and how can I put my arm around the people who want it but aren't getting it? Like, how can I be someone who could maybe help out a little bit? You know, because I I, I looked at my life and I was really disappointed, and I still am, frankly, that I never um, served in the military or I, I wasn't like a teacher or a firefighter or, or a cop or something, you know, where I really had a tangible way of giving back, you know? So I was like, what, what can I do to, to, to exercise this ability to, to be a bit selfless, you know? And I, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back and be like, you're such a giving person. I'm just stating a fact that, you know, it does matter to me, people's well-being, other people's well-being, not just my daughter and my wife and and my friends, but, but people, the royal people, the people of the world, you know, you listening, it it does kind of matter to me. I don't like the idea of suffering. And I know that a certain level of suffering is inevitable and it's unavoidable. That's part of being a human being. So why add to that? (laughs) You know, why add to that with suffering that is unnecessary, you know? Because people are going to die in your life and you're going to lose a job or you're going to come on tough times or you're going to get a disease or your loved ones are going to get a disease. You know what I'm saying? Like that, there's a certain level of suffering that is just flat out unavoidable. Why add to it with addiction and mental health problems or, 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 or self-destruction or, or, you know, things that you just don't need in your life. And um, I, I certainly added a lot of that for a long time. And somehow, some way, by, uh, yes, admittedly, a, a lot of work on my end, but also a shit ton of good luck, a lot of good luck, and also a lot of people in my life who helped me, you know? And, and I just got this bug up my ass where I was like, what can I do? And I was like, I, I don't know much about anything. What do I know about? I know about fucking training and <laughs> and working out and, and and eating right, and um and I know about dealing with mental health issues. So here I am, okay. And that was just a long-winded way of saying this is what the show's about. If you're a new listener, and also just a, a big old thank you because. If, if there are people out there who have been in any way helped by me uh, in any fashion, uh, I, I would imagine you appreciate me. But the level to which I appreciate you is greater than that, and I just really meant it. And especially you guys 
on uh, my patrons on my Patreon. I don't care if you're the ride or die, you know, giving me 120 bucks a month, or you're a five dollar patron. It man, I man, I appreciate it. I really do. And I want to create an awesome community of people who are just who are giving it a shot, man. You know, because it's so easy to just throw just throw in the towel and fold. And uh, I don't want people to do that. I just sincerely don't. Question number one, at Eric Paul, nineteen eighty six. You young fucker. Um, thoughts on SARMs? Um, for those of you who don't know what SARMs are, they're selective androgenic re-something modulators. Selective androgenic reuptake, I think. Uh, anyway, they're they're hormones, and they are not steroids, but they they act very similar to steroids. My thoughts on SARMs are um, they're kind of complex. I've used SARMs. When they first started to hit the market, uh, the people behind a company that, that was making them, I don't know if they're still in, in, in um, business, but they sent me over some Osterine, which is a, a very popular SARM. Used it, liked it. It seems to work. Some of the research, the very limited amount of research on SARMs shows that they do work. Um, you can, they can aid you in, in losing body fat or gaining muscle, depending on the SARMs that you use. My whole problem with SARMs is, is that the research on what they do to your body long-term is zero. And I don't ever recommend anything where the research on what it can be possibly doing to your body is zero. Especially when the research on what steroids do to your body is pretty huge. And... If you're not Mark McGuire or Ronnie Coleman, the research on steroids is that they're fucking pretty safe in comparison. Um, now, am I telling you to go out and do steroids? No. But what I am saying is that people oftentimes, a lot of young men, look to SARMs to get that extra boost. And why did they do that? Because they're like, I'm not going to use steroids. And I go, well, hmm, low-dose testosterone um, it just flat out is proven to be safe in comparison to spending the same amount of money, if not more money, on a SARM where we don't know what the fuck it's doing to your body, okay? So my best advice always, eat right, eat healthy, and I know that's big, but you know, try to put in food in your body that minimizes, if not reduces, inflammation and gives you a improvement in your hormone profile, lift heavy weights, get some sprinting in maybe once a week, that's the best thing you can do for yourself and have the patience to not turn to a product. That is always the best advice. Now, if you're an old fuck like me, you're getting over 40 and you're still wanting to go after it hard, then look into real testosterone replacement therapy, hormone replacement therapy. It is far safer than any other over-the-counter product. All right. Um, oh, Philly Rob. Philly Rob 82. I'm a daily runner. I run a minimum of one mile per day between 35 to 42 miles a week. Oh, that's a good amount. I run half marathons and shorter distance races. Do I need to strength train or is there a way I can safely do strength training on my legs so I don't risk injury? Ooh. Okay, this is a dense question because here's the deal, Philly Rob. You're risking injury far more by running daily and running 42 miles a week 
than you are by strength training. The risk of injury is so much higher on that amount of running than it is on squatting and deadlifting. Um, contrary to many people's beliefs that you know weight training is unsafe or that it creates injury. Weight training improperly is very dangerous. Weight training properly is not only relatively risk-free, it prevents injury. It, it is absolutely bulletproofing to the body. Whereas even a good runner, talk to any Kenyan fucking guy who's winning the Boston Marathon, even a high-level long-distance runner later in life is going to encounter ankle and knee problems. Now, am I saying stop running? No. I understand if endurance sports is what gets you going, I love it. I encourage you to do it. The mental will and the and the and the the the, 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 the fortitude that you build by being good and going after the podium in an endurance sport is second to none. It's awesome. That being said, I think you have a, a, a distorted view on what's going on here. Should you strength train? Absolutely. Is there a way to strength train? without risking injury absolutely in fact if you're a distance runner you should be strength training or else you're greatly increasing your ability to injure yourself um ben greenfield uh has some of the best um programs uh, on building strength uh to encourage um better performance in endurance sports i highly recommend looking into that but just to get started Body weight squats at an incredibly slow tempo, 10 seconds up, uh, two second hold, 10, sec uh, 10 seconds down, excuse me, vice versa, 10 second down in the squat, two second pause at parallel, and then 10 seconds back up. Um, work on those, work on your uh, isometric squats and split squats, and any type of hamstring strengthening, be it um, you know very light single leg deadlift, straight leg deadlift, or Romanian deadlift, and... Um, glute ham development you know the ghd machine these are things that you, you frankly can't do enough of when you're talking about a runner so i encourage you to start there and then start as your strength builds never go too hard too fast um that's always the best option you know the long game is what you need to be focusing on not only with endurance sports but just in, in, in with training in general Never try to sacrifice your long-term gains with short-term pain by trying to do too much too quickly. Transition into things like goblet squats, which are excellent for bulletproofing the knees. And uh, also um, the ATG guy, the, the, the knees over toes guy, he's getting a lot of buzz right now because he was featured on Joe Rogan, or at least talked about on Joe Rogan. And anything that gets talked about on the Joe Rogan experience gets a lot of buzz. Um, but the guy's legit. He, his protocol, which is relatively uh, inexpensive considering how great it is, is excellent for strength and mobility in the lower body, and I can't recommend it enough. So there you go, Philly Rob. How many days do you recommend sauna from C's 80? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel comfortable saying how many days um, because I think uh, exposure to heat like that is something that is so unique to each person. If you're greatly overweight and not in good shape and you don't drink a lot of water, I don't want to encourage you to do any sauna. If you're in perfect physical, if you're a, a you know a elite MMA fighter, you could probably sauna numerous times a day. 
I would say start off with twice a week um, and opt for an infrared sauna if that is um, if that is available to you. And as we, look, anyone listening to this, drink shit tons of water. Yes, you can drink too much water, but it's so much water that I feel comfortable saying just drink more. You you have no fucking the amount the amount of water it takes to overhydrate yourself internally is so fucking preposterous that don't worry about it. Just drink more, um, and especially if you're saunaing. Um, so I listen. I say seize eighty. Start with twice a week, and then if you feel like you're not being fatigued by it, then uh, try to increase at a day uh, a week. You know, progressively. Fasted cardio, yay or nay, from C's 84. Oh, two Caesars in a row. C's 80, then C's 84. Woo! Um, listen, Cesar, uh, fasted cardio. <sighs> a lot of people encourage fasted cardio because it taps, because your glycogen stores are so low, because you're in a fasted state that you tap into body fat stores. Yes. But in the long run, you're actually doing yourself a disservice because your ability to perform that cardio is so much more hindered. I encourage fasted cardio if you're going to do a light amount of cardio. If you're going to do some yoga in a fasted state right when you wake up, if you're going to do a 20-minute light walk jog, okay. If you're going to really go after it, get a meal in your belly. That is, I know that it's a hard way to, to kind of make heads or tails of it. I do some fasted cardio, but I really don't do, I do fasted movement. I wake up every morning and I do some, you know, some, uh, ass, uh, some ass to grass kind of knee mobility and, and mobility movement. And I will take my dog for like a 20 minute walk. Then I'll come home and have my breakfast before I go train. I never train, train in a fasted state. If I were to, back in the day when I did do that, when I was working with Martin Burkhan, the, the real godfather of intermittent fasting, I would take uh, essential amino acids before I'd train. So yes, I was fasted in that I didn't eat a meal, but I at least wanted to get some amino acids in my blood because like the, the famous bodybuilding guru Milo Sarkov says, you never want to train with empty blood. And there's a lot of truth to that. If you want to get up and get your body moving, get a little endorphins going in a fasted state, go for it. There's a lot of value to that, especially if you could do it out in the sunlight. But don't, I, I don't recommend training, and that includes cardio, in a, in a fasted state. I think that you could separate the two. You'd get a lot more benefit in the long run and overall if you just waited to do your cardio and, and really was able, were able to go after it in a, in a, in a reasonable way, having some, some food in your belly. Um, I, I worked with a sports nutritionist and a sports, um, performance trainer for a long time to try to up my acumen when it came to training, because I, I had kind of gotten to a point where I was very wise, uh, in, in things like body fat loss and muscle gain, eating for and training for both of those. But sports performance is a whole different beast. As I got more and more um, dedicated and obsessive about becoming a better Muay Thai fighter and a better boxer, 
I started to work with Nick Kersong, who is the best of the best when it comes to sports performance. Um, and I'm, in fact, I'm going to have him on the podcast very soon. Um, and if he, you know, when he wanted me to go and train and just do some road work, some aerobic capacity stuff, that was fine for me to go do in a fasted state. But if he, he was going to have me do some type of interval, sprint work, weight training, any type of strength training, you better goddamn believe I needed to have some food in my belly. So that is my take on fasted cardio. Dugs it, dugs it in. Dugs it in it. <laughs> when calculating BMR, some have actually, some have activity level included in the calculator. Should this be accounted in your intake or just the increase or decrease if you want to gain or cut? Okay. Uh, sorry, dugs it in. Wasn't worded that well, but I get what you're saying. When calculating your basal metabolic rate, Always, and I, I talked about it in the last podcast, never track output, only track input. Track what you're eating, track it well. Starting to track your activity and then gauging how much you eat with that is a very dangerous thing to do because, unless, like I said, unless you're at a sports lab laboratory, you don't know how much your, your output is. You can get a rough idea, but you don't know. Trust me. So many people are like, oh, I'm into mountain biking and I burn 1,200 calories a day. No, you fucking don't. A 1,200 calorie workout is so crazy exhaustive and it is for elite athletes. You, you're lucky if you're burning 200 to 500 calories in a workout, just the average guy or gal. That being said, try to, try to find your basal metabolic rate Factor in your age, certainly, and your lifestyle, but stick at a calorie set point for two to three weeks and, and just fact, just stick to that regard, regardless of what your output may be, okay? Don't factor it in how much you're training or what you think you're burning when you train. Stick to that calorie set point for two to three weeks. Monitor your weight and your performance. If your weight is going down considerably, but your performance is going down considerably, you need to up your calories. If your weight is going down slightly and your, your performance is staying the same or improving, you're in a great spot. This is assuming that you want to lose weight. If you're trying to gain muscle mass and your performance is increasing and your weight is increasing, good, stay there. If your uh, performance is only slightly increasing or staying the same and you're gaining weight, bad sign. You need to, you're probably overdoing it. You gotta just bite the bullet. You have to be patient and you have to be understanding that this is not something that's gonna happen overnight. And fat burning pills and crazy diet training, uh, diet and training protocols are not the way to go. You just gotta bite the bullet and understand that you gotta monitor things, you gotta track it, and then you have to assess as you go. Uh, let's see here. What is the best way for a guy with a high metabolism to bulk up and at maybe 15 to 20 and add maybe 15 to 20 pounds of muscle in a healthy way? No joke. PM me if you want. Mm. Ando the Mando 86. Here's the deal, Ando the Mando 86. 15 to 20 pounds of muscle 
in a healthy way will take you five years. Okay? Unless you are a genetic freak or using steroids. Don't get crazy. I am so angry at the bodybuilding magazines and the internet profiles and the websites that promote this. I gained 20 pounds of muscle in two months. No, you didn't. That's fucking insane. Okay? The best professional bodybuilders in the world gained six, seven pounds of muscle in a year. And that's an alarming amount if, you, if body fat is staying the same or reducing. Okay, if, if, a, if a, a healthy adult male gains five pounds of muscle, your body would radically change, radically change. 15 to 20 pounds of muscle, that's, that's, dude, that's a journey. Now, if you have a truly high metabolism, you just can't gain weight for any reason, your calorie output needs to be higher, excuse me, your calorie input needs to be higher than the average dude. Um, start at 20 calories per pound of body weight, body weight and train, train hard. German volume training, to me, I, the science is there. That's the best way to go about gaining mass. Hypertrophy, what, against what most people just assume, heavy weights and low reps is not the best way to gain muscle. You will gain muscle doing that, but that is a great set point for strength and that is a great way to cut body fat and maintain muscle mass, maybe even gain a little bit. That is what I have most of my clients at the ride or die level do because most of my clients are overweight and want to tighten up and gain muscle, you know, get more muscle, less body fat. That's where the lower weight, excuse me, the lower reps and the high weight comes in. Okay, it's contradictory to what most people think where it's like, I just want to cut up. So it's low reps uh, or just lo low weight and high reps. I'm just going to carve out the details. Wrong. If you do not want to gain any weight, if you're a fighter in a weight class or a strength trainer in a weight class and you don't want to gain any weight, but you want to improve your power to weight ratio, then you got to go really high weight and really low reps, um, three to four reps sometimes as low as one and two, and uh, monitor your calories, obviously. If you want to gain muscle mass, you want to be in that 10 to 20 rep range, higher reps for lower, lower body, and uh, you know, in that 10 to 12 rep range for the upper body, and you want to uh, moderate that weight, you know, not too light, but at the same time, you, you don't want to be going in this super heavy, high 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 amount of weight where most people think that's how you add the bulk and that's simply not true it's just not true science shows that hypertrophy comes with moderate weight 60 to 75 percent of your one rep max for uh 10 to 20 reps okay so check out charles poliquin's writing about gvt german volume training and uh up that protein and and up your calories um I always try to get get the smallest amount of surplus that you can to make progress. If you add too much too quickly, you will just get fat. You will add muscle, sure. But man, people dig themselves such big holes when they try. I did it. 
I wanted to be a big jack fucking animal, okay? You know, I wanted to be Stone Cold Steve Austin when I was 19 years old, and I just ate everything in sight. And I got bigger, and I got stronger. I absolutely did. But I got fat, too. And it, it's so much harder to come back from that than it is to just bite the bullet and do the work and gain that two, three, four pounds a year and do it the right way. And that's when you start getting, that's when you really start getting the body where people are like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. Gaining 25 pounds and, and two pounds of muscle, people will be like, oh, yeah, I, I think he lifts, but he's a big fat fuck with man tits. Gaining four to five pounds in a year and doing it the right way, that's when you get the body where you wear a tank top and people are like, oh, fuck, what, what happened to you, buddy? Is it harder? Is it, is it, is it, is it less of a immediate, um, is there less immediate gratification? Absolutely. But guess what? That's everything in life. All the good stuff comes from avoiding immediate gratification for the long-term goal. Uh, let's see here. How to get that last 10 pounds off when you plateaued in your training? Well, Joel CTT, you probably haven't plateaued in your training. You probably plateaued in your dieting. That last 10 pounds that everyone likes to talk about, you know, m most people, they lose the weight and uh, good for you. It's awesome. But I can't tell you how many times people have talked to me, people have talked to other personal trainers and nutritionists and everything. They're like, yeah, I've lost uh, 35 pounds. I just can't seem to get rid guys say, I can't re seem to get rid of that spare tire. And women say, I can't seem to get my butt and my thighs and my like fupa to go away. Here's the deal. That's biology. That fat tissue, that adipose tissue is much harder to lose for a reason because of thousands and thousands and thousands of years of evolution where those parts of your body are being kept warm. Okay. You probably haven't plateaued. You've just gotten to the point where it's harder. I will reiterate when I was 20 something percent body fat, trying to get down to 16% body fat wasn't all that hard. There was some sacrifice. There was some dedication that had to go into it. To get from 15, 16% body fat to 10 was really hard. Now that I'm at 9, 10 and I want to get to 6 or 7, it's fucking impossible. Okay? It's so hard. It takes so much effort and dedication. Um, so don't assume that you have plateaued. Just understand that you're now at the hard work phase and you're going to probably have to add in, unfortunately, a little bit more training. Um, you're going to have to work a little bit more. Now, the good news is, is that you don't have to add in too much high-intensity training. Just add in a little bit more zone 2 cardio, zone 3 cardio. And that's the stuff you can do fasted. And you're going to have to drop calories a little bit, preferably from carbs and, uh, and, and or fat. Um, I always like to pull from a little bit of both. Um, you know, some people, they just do better on low carbs. And if that's your thing, go ahead. Some people love to eat their rice and their potatoes and go really low fat and eat the chicken breast, skinless chicken breast. I'm kind of a mixture. I like to eat my uh, ground bison and not forego that. But I also don't want to give up my fruit and my potatoes. So I like to just gradually bring down a little bit from both. But the protein should stay the same, if not get a little bit higher. Uh, cow jumps moon. <laughs> 
I don't know if you have an answer for this question. Women going through menopause, what can we do to lose weight? Nothing seems to be working. Well, uh, cow jumps moon, you have it harder. Hormonally, you have it much harder than the rest of the world. Women, in general, have it harder than men. We have higher testosterone levels, lower estrogen levels. Biomechanically, we're designed to be a little, have a little bit more horsepower. So just things, you know, the, the, real, the healthiest women in the world have, have that, you know, 16 to 25% body fat. The healthiest men in the world have that 10 to 16% body fat. That's, it's just, I know, it sucks. Patriarchy, what can I say? Um, but that's biology. Um, women in menopause, it's even worse. Absolutely. What can you do? Nothing seems to be working. Here's the truth. You gotta do the same thing everybody else does. You gotta find that calorie set point eating a high protein diet restrict your calories more if you're not losing weight weight train three times a week and add in cardio to which you have the energy to do so do not do the opposite and just go hard on the cardio and then mix in some weight training when you have leftover energy it has to be the opposite find that caloric set point where you can gradually lose weight i like to say about a pound a week is is about as much as you want to go Stick to that, monitor your food, track your food, train consistently. It's much more about consistency and showing up day after day than it is about having that amazing, perfect plan. Also, women in menopause, and frankly, people of any age where you're getting to the point where things are starting to slow down, always look to a doctor an endocrinologist to get your blood work done, you could very well need some hormonal support. What to take into account before creating your weekly split in general? Sam Casti 97. Here's what you need to take into consideration. What is your goal? Your goal to get buff? Is your goal to lose body fat? Is your goal to, uh, is your goal to increase performance in a certain sport? Identify the goal. After that, you can construct your plan. Then look at how old are you? What is your training history? If you are me, your plan needs to be different than if you are a 42-year-old guy who's fat and never worked out. Always start with, I like to say, a the best thing to start with, a full body three times a week split. It is not as sexy as a, a, a bro split that you see in bodybuilding magazines or on T Nation or something, but it is more effective. Okay, so I don't give a fuck what's sexy or appealing. It's more effective. Your metabolism is better. Your muscle retention, if not a little bit of gain, will be better. A 5x5 five five program, Stronglist 5x5, is a great place to start for everybody. Okay, start there. Hammer it for six weeks. Then start assessing. Engage in the cardio you feel is appropriate, but never ever engage in any type of cardiovascular activity that's going to detract from your performance at your three weightlifting sessions. If that means walking um, 30 minutes a day on your off days, fine. If that means doing no cardio except your daily steps, fine. If you're a construction heavy equipment operator, that may mean doing nothing. In fact, it probably means doing nothing. 
You just need to hit the weights and, and, and monitor your diet. Constr start there, assess, track, and then make your decisions as you go. It's the best way to go. It's just how you set up your split, how you set up your diet is the same way you set up your, 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 your sets and reps in the gym. You go in there, you, if someone prescribes six to eight reps, okay, you want to hit failure six to eight reps. You pick up a weight and you do 20 reps, you go, shit, okay, I need to up the weight. So you up the weight by 30 pounds. Then you do three reps and you're like, oh shit, I need to bring it down. It's the exact same thing with diet. It's the exact same thing with setting up your training plan. Have, have a layout, stick to it, track it, and assess it. If you're fucking completely bored and you absolutely have far too much energy left over, you know you can add in a little more volume and you're prob or most likely you need to train harder. If you get in there and you realize I'm training six days a week and it's just too much for me, I'm burnt out, I have no desire to train anymore, you need to scale it back a little bit. It's just, it's the same thing. You know, just use that analogy of weights. You go in there, you're trying to hit eight reps, failure at eight reps, and you get 10 reps, you're like, oh, I need to up the weight a little bit. You get failure at four reps, you're like, fuck, I went way too heavy. It's all about giving it a shot, go in, hack it, assess it, and then make your, uh, you augment from there. Lucy, Lucy, you are the best. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Lucy, lozenges and gum. It's the best. I love nicotine. If you've listened to this podcast at all, if you know me in person, you know I love nicotine. It's an amazing drug with a ton of benefits, including appetite suppression, including cognitive uh, benefits, including uh, metabolic benefits. But the problem is, is the way you get nicotine oftentimes is really unhealthy. You don't need to vape. You don't need to, to, to smoke cigarettes. You don't need to chew tobacco. No, you need a good alternative, and that's where Lucy comes in. Wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate, all of their gum is fantastic with a nice four milligram dose of nicotine. Also, the lozenges also, by the way, have four milligrams. Um, cherry ice flavor, I love it. It's fantastic. I use it all the time. I use it when I need to get my head right. I use it when I'm feeling a little hangry and I know that I need to cut back on my intake. A couple of sticks of... Uh, Lucy Wintergreen, ooh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. So do it correct. Get 2021 off right. Mikey likes you listeners. Go to lucy.co, use promo code M-I-K-E-Y. Get 20% off all products, including gum and lozenges. That's lucy.co, use promo code M-I-K-E-Y at checkout. Oh, by the way, I have to give this disclaimer. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co. And be sure to use the promo code M-I-K-E-Y. That's Mikey, baby. Yay, yay, yay. Something else I'm happy about? Just Live CBD products. Created for athletes. Just for you. I've always had trouble sleeping. You know, a lot of it may be my insane caffeine use, but a lot of it is also just, that's my thing. My brain goes a million miles an hour, and I've had trouble sleeping. I don't want to turn to sleep meds. 
Nah, nah, nah. Especially because I'm a drug addict. A lot of them I can't even use. CBD has been huge, okay? Just Live is the best of the best. Six different flavors. Sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C enhanced. I use different things for different times. Sometimes I'll take an energy gummy or a focus gummy before a training session, before a podcast. I take the sleep, obviously, right before sleep. I'll take the immunity every day just to make sure I'm up and up. They're vegan, low sugar. Just Live was founded by professional athletes Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez because they wanted to create a CBD product they could trust and could stand behind. If you need support with sleep, focus, energy, stress, or immunity health, I highly recommend giving these a try. Right now, if you buy one of their new gummy products, you get one free. There are six different benefits to choose from, and instead of just choosing one, just visit justlive.com and use the code SUPPORT to buy one and get one free. Buy one, get one free. Did you hear me? Of all the gummy products in the line by using code SUPPORT at justlive.com. That's buy one, get one free at justlive.com. Use code SUPPORT. All right, I'm back. M. Rixner, is there a reliable way to measure body fat percentage at home? No, not really. Um, the most reliable way is a DEXA scan or getting dunked in a tank, and you can do that. They have them all over the world. Just go online, Google DEXA scan near me, uh, bod pod, something like that. Um, the calipers and things, they can give you an idea, but, you know, and certainly those scales don't really measure shit. Um, so just, no, I, I mean, that's the best way to put it. I'm sorry. Jose, 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 221. I work nights. Lunch is at 11 p.m. and I get off at 5.30 a.m. and I'm hungry. Usually a banana around two for break. Do I eat before bed, 8 a.m. or so? If so, what or just go to bed hungry? Currently in small deficit. Hope that makes sense. Who? Um, people who work odd cycles, uh, I know it, it can be really confusing. Um, if you're in a small deficit, you got to weigh that. That's a very personal thing. Um, if you can eat before sleeping and still maintain your deficit, definitely eat. Don't go to bed hungry unless you need to to stay under a certain caloric uh, level of input. There's no need to adhere to some type of time-restricted eating unless that's your means of getting your caloric deficit. If you're doing a, a intermittent fasting and that's your thing, fine. But if you're doing intermittent fasting, it's still the same, the same ideas apply. It doesn't mean eat ad nauseum and just cut it off at a certain time. It means you're still monitoring how much you're eating. Um, if you're not in a time-restricted eating, which I don't think you should be because of your weird schedule, eat. Eat. Eat as much as you can and still keep that deficit that you're going after. If you get home from work and you're hungry and you have calories to play with, then fucking eat for sure. If you get home and you're hungry and you're at your your cal caloric level, then unfortunately go to sleep hungry. 
and try to figure out a better way of, of um, allotting your calories throughout the day. Big Huff! Big Huff Phase Line Fitness. Good man. A proud, proud United States serviceman and a guy that I have been casually competing with via IG. Again, it's Big Huff, H-O-U-G-H underscore Phase Line Fitness uh, is his um, handle. He, he knows a lot about training. He's strong as shit and he's a good man. Support this man. He is a proud United States serviceman. Uh, what is what is your mental preparation for the gym look like? Running this 20 rep squat protocol I'm running right now, I know I go over the entire workout in my head the evening before and then again as I'm getting ready to hit the workout. What do you do? What do you recommend? I use box breathing and there's an app uh, you can use. I, I've gotten it down to where I can just do it on my own, but there's a great app called Box Breathing. And what box breathing is, is like think of a box, you know, four sides. There's the inhale, hold, exhale, hold, and so on. So you, you have a timed measurement for your, your each side of the box. I do about five to 10 minutes of box breathing and I meditate when I wake up and that usually gets me right where I need to be. I don't need much mental preparation to work out because to me, that's like my most therapeutic part of the day. And it's my excuse to get out all these negative, horrible feelings in a, in a positive way. So I don't need much, but uh, box breathing kind of takes away any other outside distractions that I may be having. You know, if my daughter's in a particular, particular funk or if I'm having trouble professionally, um, typically putting that much focus into my inhale and exhale will get me into a, a much more um, pleasant state of mind. Q&A, how about some TNA? Sorry, Renewables. I don't have much TNA to offer. Uh, let's see here. Adam Mac 20. If I'm 400 calories short of my caloric surplus for the day and have nothing left in the fridge except a slice of pizza, do I eat the pizza or stay clean and fall short of the surplus? Let's see. He's 5 foot 10, so he's my height and 170 pounds, and he's looking to gain weight. Wow, okay. Um, if you're 400 calories short, eat. Eat the pizza. Listen, gaining weight, losing weight, it's the same thing. Hit your calories. Hit the set point. If you're, if you're 500 calories away, 400 calories away from your caloric set point, whether it be a, a caloric restriction, a, a, a deficit or a surplus, eat to get to there. Don't overeat. Eat to there. My next kind of, I guess, piece of dissection for this question is, if why is there only pizza in your fridge? Don't do that. There should never be only pizza in your fridge. That's, a, that's the best advice I can give you. If you're 400 calories away, you should come home and be ready to have that ground bison or turkey breast or whatever the fuck and uh, some rice or, you know, eat a meal. And uh, it, I just don't, I don't, I can't sit here and, and, and support or understand the, well, all I had was a bean burrito. All I had was pizza. 
if you're 19, he's 19 years old, eat the fucking pizza. Don't, dude, if you're eating your protein intake and you're staying at a caloric surplus, at a really regimented caloric surplus, have pizza. Frankly, have pizza every day as long as you can still hit your protein and calories at the right level. At 19, it doesn't matter, especially if you're trying to gain weight. But my point being is like, there shouldn't ever be a point where you get, you're like, oh, my only option's cupcakes. Because you're an adult. I will tolerate, my only option was candy. It was either that or don't eat. I'll tolerate that from a six-year-old. But there's no, there's no fucking way. I don't care how busy you are. I don't care what your financial setup is. There's no situation where it just happens to be that oh, my only option for food is is pizza because I had a pizza last night and there's some left over in the fridge. Well, what the fuck? You don't have cans of tuna just chilling in the uh, in the uh, cupboard? You don't have uh, a tub of whey protein, which is cheap as shit? You don't have some eggs? So my point being is like there has to be a certain level of accountability with yourself too so that you show, don't end up in those situations. Now, that being said, if you're 19 and you're trying to gain weight, eat fucking pizza, especially if you're under by 400 calories. Pros and cons of deadlifting with a trap bar versus traditional bar. Very good question. Uh, the pros of a trap bar are that it's much safer for your lumbar area, especially for people who aren't biomechanically set up to traditional deadlift, that being the super tall people or leggy people. Um, athletes should probably always trap bar deadlift. Why? Because the risk of injury, even if you're doing it right with a conventional deadlift is higher. Now, the downside of the, of the trap bar deadlift to the conventional is that it absolutely doesn't tax as much muscle as the conventional deadlift. Thus, you're not getting as much hormonal benefit and it's not as good for things like body, body fat reduction and, and, and gaining muscle mass. If you're a, a bodybuilder, fitness athlete, someone who's trying to change their physique, that's your main goal, the conventional deadlift is better. But... The trap bar deadlift is better than nothing by a million miles. If you are someone who just can't seem to deadlift, no matter how much you work on your form, you can't seem to deadlift without um, really feeling like you're compromising your low back and your lumbar area, go ahead and opt for the trap bar. It is, it is 10 times better than not doing anything, especially not doing any type of hinging movement. Um, so the big benefit, safety, the big downside is uh, you're not getting as much kind of overall musculature um, stimulation. Let's see here. Uh, Recrease 16. If I sign up for the $120 Patreon, would you help me out with some tips and tricks on how to get bigger? Thanks, Uncle Mike. <laughs> um, yeah, not only would I... Listen, he's talking about my ride or die highest level Patreon uh, um, what do they call those? Um, not, uh, what, what the fuck? Uh, listen, there's three different levels. Okay. There's three levels of patronage. Um, the $5, $20 and $120, the $120 highest one, what you're getting is I'm your personal trainer. I'm not only going to give you tips and tricks. I will help with your diet step-by-step. Step. I will help with your training step-by-step step. provide you nonstop help and guidance with your training and your nutrition and habit forming and all of that. 
and I like to work from the ground up. I start by just giving you basic little um, homework with your diet, you know, upping the protein, things like that, trying to monitor what you're eating and what you're not eating and uh, basic understanding of like complex lifts in there. And then we build, we build from there as you go. I don't think there's any advantage in going too hard too quickly. I do think there's there's maybe some downside, but not very much in, in kind of going at a slower pace than maybe you want to go. There, I can't explain that to you. I understand results are some of the biggest motivating factors of of wanting to make that change in your life and train hard and eat right. But I will tell you, as someone with so much personal experience in this arena, not only with my own life, but with other people that I've worked with and other people that I've worked alongside with, you can pay the money and have someone write out a perfect diet for you, eat this much of this food, don't eat anything else, and train exactly this way, and you will get the results and it'll be great and you'll do a huge caloric deficit. You'll lose a bunch of weight and then, and I guarantee you when you stop working with that person, you are fucked. It happens all the time. It happens so much that I could say it mathematically pretty much happens every time. I don't like that. I don't want to work with people. I don't want to take your money and have you be beholden to me to walk you through everything. I want to start from the ground up and restructure everything so that you can live a completely different life as someone who looks in the mirror and sees what they want to see as someone who walks around feeling like they want to feel. Okay. So that is what you get with the $120 top tier patron patron. Yeah. Tears. Yeah. There you go. That was the word I was trying to get. Why do I feel hungry in the morning when I eat later the night before? Have I stretched my stomach? That's from Kendall Rice. Whew. There's a lot of reasons. I don't necessarily know if it's because you stretched your stomach as much as certain foods, highly palatable foods, the, most, the type of foods that we most typically eat late at night when we eat a lot late at night. It's a lot of carby shit. It's a lot of sugary shit. Very few people stuff their faces at uh, bedtime, and which is natural. Look, circadian rhythms are such that we just our cravings are way worse at night than they are uh, in the morning time. Very few people get those cravings at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., and go, yes, it's time for me to have some lean sirloin, and I'm going to stuff my face with lean sirloin and uh, some sweet potato and a bit of uh, uh, sautéed spinach. That happens uh, pretty much 0% of the time. What happens? You eat all day. You eat chicken salad at lunch, and you have a nice snack of a, like a whey protein shake and an apple uh, at 4 or 5 o'clock, and then 7, 8 o'clock comes around, and you have your dinner, and then you put in another 12,000 calories of tortillas and butter and, and you know all these highly palatable things. All these highly palatable things that we are prone to eating late at night make you hungrier. So you have put these foods into your belly to the point of satiety at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., then you sleep and you're hormonally just for eight hours getting all this, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. If you were to have some healthy fats, uh, coconut oil, MCT oil, fish oil, uh, monounsaturated fats like avocado or olive oil, and a high dose of slow digesting protein like some meats or eggs or casein protein, something like that, right before bed, 
I have a hard time believing you would be just as hungry. Okay? So it is not that you stretch out your stomach as much as it is typically when we binge at night. It is on these highly palatable foods that just attenuate your palate to be even more hungry. Training through injury from Dennis Stocky. When to rest, when to push through. Thoughts. Training through injury is a tough one. Obviously, you've got to measure the injury. If you injure your elbow, you do not train through it and bench press and overhead press. If you injure your elbow and you want to continue doing squats and, uh, you know, your sprints, fuck yeah. In fact, I encourage it. If you hurt your knee and you want to start working on your upper body strength, totally agree with that. Start getting good at... Uh, Start getting good at things like um, uh, crab walks and things, you know, if you want to keep your cardio up or just, you know, working on your physical therapy and walking. I, you maintain as much as you can, and look, but you don't train through an injury as much as you train around an injury. And that is my recommendation all the time. If you, if you get a hernia or you hurt your lower back, training around that becomes almost impossible. But you should still be able to do incline walking, you should still be able to do uh, bike riding, things like that. What is the best way to start losing weight for someone that needs to lose over 150 pounds? Where do I start? Start by moving more and eating less. I'm not trying to be trite. What I'm trying to say is that if you have 150 pounds to lose, you don't need to do much to start losing weight. That level of weight loss, you, you, what you need to start doing is getting to the bottom of what psychological or emotional issues have led you to be 150 pounds overweight. Okay? And I say that with love and tenderness, not out of being insulting or condescending. That level of body fat, that level of weight is the sign of much more than just being hungry or not being active. There's something going on. Um, get to the bottom of that. See a professional in the mental health arena. Also, start walking every day. No excuses. It becomes like brushing your teeth. You are going to walk 30 to 45 minutes unbroken every single day. If you want to do more, do more. You are going to start eating less. I don't think it's a great idea to start <sighs> demanding a bunch of vegetables and exotic proteins for someone like that. All I want you to do is to understand it's far more about how much you eat than it is about what you're eating. Everything you eat, start cutting it in half. And you are never, ever to eat to the point that you're stuffed. Start being mindful about your eating and understanding that most hunger is not real hunger. It is a psychological trick that comes from boredom, that comes from depression, that comes from anxiety. And start working on sitting with that. Take a deep breath and go, am I really hungry? Or is there something going on that I need to, to, to tend to? Nine times out of 10, it's the latter, not the former. Start being a better narrator to your own story. Be kinder to yourself. 
Don't be too easy on yourself, but be kinder to yourself. You're not a bad person. You're not flawed. You're just going through some shit. And feel better right now, today, because you've made the decision to change it. Don't avoid whatever demons or, or, or adversity or circumstances have created this mindset. Don't avoid them. An old CrossFit coach I used to have uh, named Andy Petranik. Very wise. Very, very, very good man. A great man. He was a Marine. He was a, 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 an incredibly smart businessman and just a kind, hardworking, admirable guy. I, like a fucking asshole, took on doing a triathlon. I don't really know how to swim. And I'd never done any type of endurance training ever. But I, I told this guy who was a, a triathlete who was trying to kind of go into the world of getting yoked. I was like, I can do what you do e way easier than you could do what I do. And he's like, oh yeah, fucking Malibu triathlon. So I was like, I'll do, fuck yeah, I'll do it. I was like, oh shit, after I admitted you. So I went to Andy who had experience in in endurance sports and he gave me some advice and training and all that but one thing he said to me that i'll never forget he said you're gonna get three miles into like a 10 mile run and you're gonna get a cramp and you're gonna want to breathe around it and pretend like it's not there he's like no 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 dive right into it you go yeah motherfucker yeah i got a cramp all right okay let's do this let's go you're not stopping me and the same thing goes to mental health issues. The more and more I tried to pretend like I wasn't an alcoholic and a drug addict, the more and more I tried to focus on fitness and, 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 and healthy relationships and just avoid dealing with the fact that I was an alcoholic and a drug addict, the worse shit got. And I would go to rehab, but because a judge told me to, or my parents encouraged me. But the second I said, I got a real fucking problem, a bigger problem than anything else in my life, and I'm a drug addict, and I'm an alcoholic, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and let's go. I'm going to deal with this. And I went right after it, and I dug into it. That's when I started to make a change in my life. And knock on wood, I've been sober ever since. <coughs> oh, hey, guys, hey, 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 shitheads. I literally just said knock on wood and knocked on my wood table. Harry! 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 I knocked on my wood table and my idiot dogs thought it was someone at the front door. Harry, seriously. It was me, dude. It was me on the table. Come here. Come here. So, that's where you start. You start by making the change in your mind and saying... Uh, I may not be able to identify it right this second with a ton of clarity, but I know I have an internal issue that's leading me to be 150 pounds overweight, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to identify it and I'm going to lose the weight and I'm not going to overstep my boundaries and I'm not going to try to go in and I'm going to tomorrow join a CrossFit gym and become a black belt in jujitsu. Today, I'm going to go for a walk. And I'm going to go for a walk today. And I'm, you're goddamn right I'm going to go for a walk tomorrow. And today, 
when I'm eating this burrito, I'm not going to eat the whole thing. And I'm certainly not going to order a second one and eat till I, I'm ready to burst. I'm going to be mindful with my food and I'm going to eat it and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to take a bite and savor it and say, eh, you know what? I, I, I'm good. I think I've had enough food. And smile and enjoy the feeling of just pushing away that maybe that last quarter of the burrito. That's where you start. And I love you. You should love yourself. And you should be proud of yourself. For even, even writing to me. Even taking that step. Be happy and proud of yourself. Eat less. Move more. Thank you so much. To all my sponsors. And thank you to Bet Online for bringing you this podcast presented to you by Bet Online. And in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares about you, remember, I do. Be good, people. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.